0: Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 2. Matthew, chapter 2. We're in the series of sermons about Christmas called Simply Christmas. We're going to talk about ways to simply celebrate the season, ways to simply remember what Christmas is about and the ways to simply uh, do what God has called us to do in the midst of it. And today we're going to tackle uh, an important issue uh, an issue that is near and dear to the hearts of most of us, and that is giving and receiving. And we're going to talk about what Christmas has come to mean. And I, I don't know about you, but seeing those statistics on the screen, really um, it's really amazing. To see the $130 billion Americans will spend on Christmas. The average family right at $750. Now, for some of you out there, you go, man, I 750 there's no way I'm getting close to that. And some of you are out there going, they only spend $750 on Christmas. I mean, I know that's an average, but it's an amazing figure to, to, to think about. And when you do think about the, the decorations and the presents and the food and the trees and parties and all of that, it's an amazing amount of money we spend on Christmas. Now, um, lest you worry, I am not today going to give a guilt trip about giving holiday gifts. in fact, what I'm going to do today is encourage you to give more valuable gifts than you have ever given before. I want you to give in a way that is more valuable than you ever have all right this week we're uh, you know we're in the midst of shopping for the kids and what their Christmas list and going through the Toys R Us toy book and going through uh, websites and all of that. And it got to me thinking about Christmas when I was growing up. And I decided this week I was going to try to remember what I got for each Christmas. I was going to decide that I was going to sit down and think about it. And as I started going through the list, you know what I realized very quickly? I don't remember. Now, there are a few gifts I remember. I remember the year I got the Nintendo Entertainment System. The first one that ever came out the first Christmas. I didn't know I was getting it. I didn't ask for it. And I got one under my tree. I remember that. Uh, I remember the year that uh, I got Optimus Prime as a Transformer. Anybody know Transformers? I remember when I got Optimus Prime. I think I've told some of you this before. I broke Optimus Prime the first time I tried to transform. You know, the concept right Optimus was a 18 wheeler and you transformed him into a robot I broke Optimus the first time I broke his right leg off and uh I then quickly repackaged him took him to my brother and said hey I want you to transform Optimus for the first time and then when Brian opened it up and took his leg off I screamed to mom and dad Brian's broke my Optimus um I didn't say I was a good kid I just said I remember all right and so I remember uh, those gifts Uh, But by and large, I don't remember much of what I got. Now, here's what I know. My parents spent a lot of time and money figuring out what to get me. And yet, it made such a profound impact on my life, I don't remember. Then I thought about a gift and a Christmas I do remember. I was my teenage year, 17 years old, I'd just begun to preach a little bit. And uh, in Dyersburg, people found out, my dad worked with some guys that were bivocational pastors, and he let them know, hey, my son said he can come preach at your church. And they were small churches, and those kind of churches uh, just wanted guys that could come that they didn't have to pay. That's what they wanted. And so I was that guy to come out, and I'd preach for them. And uh, I Had a good time doing that, but I got the opportunity to preach at my home church during a time of Christmas on a Sunday evening. The pastor was going to be out of town, I was going to get to preach. It was a few days before Christmas, and I remember mom and dad. I, I went in and uh, got on. I, they had the previous year because I was starting to preach. They had bought me a suit, and so I went in and got my suit on and my tie, and I was ready to go and came and sat down, and Mom and Dad said, Hey, Lyle, we know it's a few days before Christmas, but we want to give you something this afternoon. So I sat down, and they gave me a package, and I opened it up, and it was my first preaching Bible. Now, there's really no difference between a preaching Bible and a regular Bible. There's not any special notes or anything in there. But I remember remember everything around that gift because it was something that was meaningful. Now, most of you in this room aren't preachers. And a preaching Bible is not a big deal. But I would bet that many of you remember a meaningful gift you received. Either at Christmas or a birthday or some other time. In fact, here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn around to people around you. And I want you over. The, just think about it for a second. Share with the people around you the most meaningful gift you've ever received. All right? That means now. Go. All right, let's talk about. It. Anybody have one they want to share, or you want to share what somebody else said? You can just shout it out. You don't have to. Nobody. Okay. So it wasn't necessary to play all the time. Just, but it was. It's a triangle that had inscriptions, verses on it. All right. Cliff, what was your answer? I saw your answer over there. What was your answer? Is wedding ring. Wasn't that sweet? I mean, most people don't think about Cliff in that way. Isn't that sweet? Or his first gun. It was, either, it was a decision between the two, right? But you know the difference, right? You know the difference between a gift and a meaningful gift. And what I want to talk about today is giving. Now, where in the Bible do we get the idea that we're supposed to give gifts at Christmas? From the wise men, Right? I mean, they're the ones that brought gifts to Jesus. And so if you've got your Bibles, and they're open to Matthew chapter 2, then we're going to talk about giving meaningful gifts. And we're going to talk about in four different places. Uh, But we're going to read this verse in Matthew chapter 2. And it says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, we don't know how long after. We don't know uh, much about the time frame here. The wise men were probably not at the manger, but they were... There at some point, maybe even up until two years after the birth. But they were there. And so they say that after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, during the time of King Herod, Magi came from the east of Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw a star in the east and have come to worship here. When King Herod heard this, he was ecstatic, excited because the king had been born. No. He was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem and Judea, they replied, For that's what the prophet has written. You, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers, for out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them exact time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make careful search for the child As soon as you find him, report to me so that I may go and worship him too. Is that what Herod's going to do? No. After they heard the king, they went on their way. The star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. They bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, They returned to their country by another route. Now, here's the thing I want us to notice today, because there are lots of lessons you can learn from the wise men. I mean, you can learn about the fact that they were seeking out something. And in their seeking and their looking, they were shown the star that led them to Jesus when many of the most religious people in Israel never even knew Jesus appeared. And that sometimes you can get so close to the spiritual things in life that you miss what God is doing in life. And so you can talk about that. You could talk about the great expense and the long travel and the great hassle that they went through to come to see baby Jesus. I mean, they came from the east, from the far east, and they didn't have jet planes and they didn't have cars. They had to come by camel over long, hard terrain. You could talk about the long travel, the great expense. You could talk about the hassle of going to Herod, and Herod giving give them the running around and the dream they had. You could talk about all of that. But what I'll talk about today is specifically that they gave meaningful gifts. Now, it's going to be a little bit of a different sermon because what I'm going to do is just say that, speak briefly about it from here, and then I want to give legs to what you know to be true. And so this sermon is going to be almost all application. How do you do it? How do we give meaningful gifts? Where do we give meaningful gifts? And so that's how we're going to do it, okay? It's going to be almost application so it's going to be a little different but i want you to understand from the beginning is that they didn't just throw together some stuff as they got ready to travel and say oh i guess that'll do as a gift now, i've said this before it's not like they had a closet of extra gifts for those people that drop by during the holidays that brought you a gift and you don't have one for them so they pull out the gold and they pull out the frankincense and they pull out the myrrh here it is they were thoughtful meaningful gifts there were reasons behind them bringing these three things now we don't know that they brought i mean you know we depict it so well in our nativity sets right i mean we've got um we've got the meaningful gift one wise man one gift well that's probably not how it was we don't know how many wise men there were right we don't there could have been three there could have been 30 there could have been two there could have there, we know there were more than one and we're not sure that each one brought a separate gift. Uh, we, if there were four, they definitely didn't, but there could have been multiple gifts, multiple things of gold. It says in Scripture that they opened their treasure to him. Now, we know from experiencing what we see in Matthew and in Mark and Luke that Mary and Joseph were very poor. Now, one of the ways we know they're poor is when they take Jesus on the eighth day, they have to give an offering, and they give almost the least amount of, of money offering that is acceptable. They don't give what you're supposed to give. The law makes it, if you don't have this, you can give this. If you don't have that, you can give this. They go way down the pole to get what they can give. So they were poor. And these wise men come in and they open up a treasure of gold and frankincense and myrrh. They thought about it. They deliberated on it. They got things together and they brought it. Um, Yesterday, at the church, we had a parent's afternoon out. Uh, I appreciate Janetta and our preschool group and uh, Ryan and our children's ministry and the adult volunteers and the youth volunteers that came and helped out with that gave us parents an opportunity to go shopping, okay? It's, uh, it's Christmas season, to go shopping, all right? We got out of here and we drove to the Rivergate area, and after about 20 minutes of bumper-to-bumper traffic, we had about all the shopping we could handle. And so instead of going through the hassle and the problems and the traffic and all of that, we just went and sat in a theater and watched a movie and vegged out for a couple hours. And I'm not saying that it's wrong to go through that hassle and that problem. I'm just saying that sometimes we kill ourselves for things that aren't meaningful. And so what I want you to do is if you're going to do all of that, at least have some meaning behind it. Four places I want you to give meaningfully. And the first one is at home. Give meaningfully at home. We, we talked last week about the fact that we're going to simply reflect last week. This week we're going to simply give. And we're going to give meaningfully at home. One of the things that we've just determined as a family is our, our kids are going to get good gifts. We're going to, They're going to be excited about it. They're not going to go deprived uh, on the Christmas holidays. But we're going to make sure there is meaning behind what we do. Uh, something we started a couple of years ago, um, so actually we learned it from a couple people in this church and some things we would seen online, is that we give each of our children three gifts. That's what we do, three gifts. Uh, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And we've actually named what those gifts are. gold is something they really, really want. Uh, frankincense is something that is useful to them. It's kind of a uh, practical gift. And then uh, it's not socks, though. All right, we don't do the socks thing. All right, there's a gift. And then uh, the third one is Spiritual. Now, here's where I am with my family. I have three children, none of which have come to the place where they have placed their faith in Jesus yet. And my goal as a parent is to bring them along to the point. It's not my job to convict. It's not my job to tell them when it's time. But it is my job that when God begins to move in their spirit, that I have prepared them in a way that they're ready to hear and understand and receive. And so we try to give gifts each Christmas that help. Up on the screen right now is one of the best things that I've seen in a long time for helping with that. It's called the Jesus Storybook Bible. Uh, we read through this la- in this past year. We've read through this. Um, you can get it. You can, I, don't, I don't know that you can get it at Lifeway. But you can get it online. You can get it in uh, Books A Million. You can get it at some of those kind of places. Um, it, it's a, it takes the Bible, and makes it almost into a series of, not comic book, but they're, they're illustrated, and they're really good short stories, but each story points toward Jesus. And so even in creation, at the end it talks about the serpent and his head will be crushed, and that was a foretelling of Jesus' coming. If you've got young children, preschoolers, kids, if you've got grandchildren, and you would like to give a gift that is meaning, this is a, I don't give any royalties from these people. If they wanted to, they could. I don't get any royalties, and so uh, it's a great thing. But give gifts of meaning, Um, a CD with music that will stir them spiritually, Uh, a book uh, for an adult, some kind of book that, you know, something, uh, Forgotten God by uh, Francis Chan or Crazy Love by Francis Chan or Wild Goose Chase by Mark Batterson or um, even uh, one of the things that we've done in our family, even with each other, to my dad and my dad, to me and to my mom is getting a one-year Bible. Some of us are reading through that this year. If they just read through that, get them a one-year chronological Bible or get them a different plan. But something spiritually. Susan and I do this with each other. We buy gifts that help us spiritually, and we do it for our kids. And so give meaningful gifts. The wise men, like I said, just didn't bring gifts. They brought gifts of meaning. The the gold symbolized the king. The frankincense was used in religious ceremonies. The myrrh was actually the sin of death. It was a it was a, a Kind of foretold of the sacrifice. So give gifts meaningful at home. Secondly, give meaningfully to your church. That's to us, all right? This ought to be a part of your everyday life. Tithing, giving ought to be a part of it. You can give, you know, Christmas is a great time if you've got some extra that you want to give to give to the Yes Lord campaign. We're in the process of still receiving funds for that. That committee is meeting. They're talking They're getting ready to get plans going after the first of the year, people coming in to talk to us. And so you're not seeing a lot of that right now, but it's coming. And so you need to give meaningfully to your church. Don't forget that in the holiday season. Third thing is to give meaningfully here. Now, when I say here, I mean locally, statewide, and nationally. I would encourage you as a family And if you've got a handout, if you didn't get a handout on the way there there's some on the way out you need to pick up. I want to encourage you as a family to pick a here project. Now, there are some listed here. For instance, the Help Center is on here. There's a website. There's a phone number for them. Uh, Just to give you an idea, I mean, you hear we do Help Center dinners. We do Help Center pancake breakfast. We talk about the Help Center. Well, what do they do? In 2009, those are the latest statistics that are there, in 2009, they helped over 10,000 people at the help center. 10,000. They helped over 3,400 families. Food, shelter, clothing, toys. Um, Even here, over the last few days, in our what used to be the racquetball room, um, we use it a little bit storage now, but in that room, they've had the Goodlettsville Help Center toy store where families are able to come in and pick some toys out when they wouldn't be able to. Maybe giving to the help center is an area that you can give to. Um, another idea is to give to somebody that needs help at your local school, um, wherever you seem to be living. If you live right around here, Goodlettsville Elementary. If you live in Greenbrier, calling a local school, If you maybe the school that your children or your grandchildren go to. Uh, almost every local school that I know of knows of families that need help. Uh, my Eli goes to Madison Creek. We love Madison Creek. It's a great elementary school. It's on the Sumner County side of Goodlettsville. Uh, Madison Creek is located in an area that most people wouldn't think of as a poverty area. Most people wouldn't think of poverty stricken when they think of Madison Creek. But I know this year that they've had double the number of requests of families needing help. I know this year that there are still 30 to 40 families that they haven't been able to help. So maybe if Madison Creek's one of those places, you call Madison Creek. I obviously didn't put a phone number down here for your local school because your local school is different than other people's local school. Call them. See if there's a family you can help. Prison ministry. Our senior adults sang at the prison this morning. They can tell you how great of a ministry that is. Uh, Miss Geraldine Heflin coordinates that. Does an amazing job. You need to be able to give to that. Bridge ministry. Uh, how many of you have packed a backpack or are going to do a backpack over the next few weeks? Um. An unbelievable ministry. They're now averaging... Uh, Around 250, they've had nights of 500 in worship under the bridge. They need things year-round. They need help year-round. Maybe you as a family decide we're going to help them on a regular monthly basis or we're going to go down there and volunteer. So it's not just about giving. It could be giving your presence. Um, The Nashville Rescue Mission. I talked with a gentleman from the Nashville Rescue Mission this week, and they house the homeless. They give help to people. Uh, These are just astonishing numbers. The Nashville Rescue Mission last year, Gave out 660,000 meals. They housed or had nights. 262,000 nights of lodging. Now that doesn't mean they had 262,000 different people. But people that stayed there. Beds were filled. 262,000 times last year. And here's the amazing thing. At the Nashville Rescue Mission. In order to get any help. You have to go to chapel. And out of that. They had 23,000 decisions of some sort about the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's a great place to give. When you expand outside of Nashville in this area, think of places like Club 180, Club 180 Ministry in Lynch, Kentucky, that the Burkeen family that are from... Uh, have roots in this church, have started. It's a youth ministry in one of the most impoverished areas in the country. Just terrible poverty up there. They're reaching out to youth all over the place. Uh, some of you have been to Lynch and know about that ministry. It's a great place. They, they, in fact, are doing a campaign right now to help with some expenses, and so you can do that. Uh, there's a group called Send N Y C. You go to sendnyc.com. They're a Southern Baptist-backed group that is planning to plant 100 churches in New York City in 10 years. Um, in fact, Cote is leaving next week, and Cote will be going to New York City to a church called the Gallery Church, which is a Southern Baptist church that meets in an art gallery, where he will be talking to them about the mission project we're going to do next summer. We're going to take a group of people from this church to New York City next summer, and we're going to do a mission trip there, uh, working primarily with this gallery church. Um, And so uh, that's something that you could go ahead and get online and look at. Um, North American Mission Board, NAM, is just the Southern Baptist North American Mission. Now, here's the thing. I don't expect any of you to do all that stuff. Now, some of you might love to, but I don't expect any of you to do all of it. That's why I gave you the websites. I gave you the numbers. Research them, figure them out. But this is what I would say. As a family, pick something to give to So you're going to give meaningfully here. Here's the last one. You're going to give meaningfully globally. As Southern Baptists, we have an annual offering that we take up called the Lottie Moon Mission Offering. This year's theme is, Are We There Yet? The Lottie Moon Mission Offering is an offering that we collect that goes to missionaries on the field around the world. Lottie Moon was a missionary to China, a great lady, and we are following in her footsteps by going. Now, when I was growing up, the Lottie Moon mission offering didn't mean a whole lot, except that it was time to give money at Christmas. But as I've grown older, as I've seen stories, as I've been on mission, I realized the importance of supporting missionaries. And in fact, um, over the last few days, I've just been reading some stories about some people, and I want to show you some pictures. These are some of our missionaries in different places. This is a man named Alan Dial, and he's in Lesotho, uh, which is a country in Africa. And he is just simply sharing the gospel with people village by village. The next one is a guy named Jack Gilliland, who's originally from Arkansas. And I I know you can't really see this, but he's the one at the head of the table. And just around that table are Russian pastors and evangelists. And they're just having a strategy session uh, in what you would call rather meager placing in order to figure out how to reach parts of Russia for Christ. Next one is one of my favorites. This guy's named Kevin Rogers. And Kevin is in Zambia. And in Zambia, he realized they were doing some good work, but along this river, there were lots of people who had never, tribes that had never heard of the gospel. And so he got donated, and with funds provided by, by the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, he got some inflatable boats. Now, I want to tell you, it takes courage to, to take an inflatable boat on a Zambian river and just drive up to where tribes are, introduce yourself, and tell them about Jesus. That's what he's doing. Going down the river, doing all of that. Uh, The next one is a college student who is in Russia, learning the language, and while he's there, he's leading Bible studies and telling people about Jesus. Now, here's the thing. He is on a specialized visa, and so I can't tell you his name. I can't tell you, I don't know his name. They won't release it because if the Russian government find out, they would revoke the visa and send him home. So he's there sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. The next one is a lady who I've never met but is close to me. Her name is Ramona Reese, and she works in the slums of Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. I don't know if you've seen on the news lately, but Rio is now under military control. They've had to send in the Brazilian military to the slums of Brazil because the violence and drugs are out of hand. She lives in an apartment and just goes around to those people that are in the slums and in apartments that are just terrible, not like nice apartments, terrible apartments, and tells them about Jesus, helps ladies know how to parent, helps them to get what they need to parent, and it takes about it takes a total of like $300 a month to support her ministry. That's it. And then the last one is a guy who's in Zambia by the name of Troy Lewis, and Troy works a lot among HIV-positive kids in the country. Now, when you see an envelope that says Lottie Moon Mission Offering, or you see the brochures that are on the table, the are we there yet, and you see all that, it's easy to go, oh, I don't know that I can do that. Here's the last thing I want to show you about this offering. I know it's a flow chart, and everybody came in here today going, man, I hope Lyle puts a flow chart up on the screen. All right? What I want you to see is every 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 dollar that you give to our church part of that goes to what we call the cooperative program. I'm not going to go into full details about that, but when it goes to the cooperative program, a lot of it stays in Tennessee, some of it goes to North American, some of it goes to our seminaries, some of it goes to a retirement place, some of it for pastors, some of it goes to the executive committee, and some of it goes to the, uh, different places, and then a little bit of it goes to International Mission Board for missionaries overseas. On the bottom, you see the gray box. If I just say yes, I see it. Okay, that went real strong. But okay, it's up there. The gray box: 100% of what you give to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering goes directly to missionaries on the field. 100%. Now, here's the amazing thing about the way our International Mission Board operates. With the thousands of missionaries we have worldwide. They depend 55% of their budget on the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. 55%. The last two years, they have not been able to send people who have been called to go to missions to the mission field because the offering hadn't been enough. The last two years. Now, one of two things is happening there. Either those people aren't called to missions, or we're not being faithful to give what God's called us to give. So the first thing I would tell you to give globally is to give to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering to our church. None of that stays here. None of it stays here. It all goes out. After you've done that, you can give globally in other areas. You've got listed on that handout some places that I know of that I've kind of vetted, if you will, that I know are legitimate. One is called Samaritan's Purse. They're the one that does the Operation Christmas Child. One of the cool things about Operation or Samaritan's Purse is they have this uh, gift catalog that you can go and you can buy a cow for a tribe in Africa. All right? Some of our WMU have done things like that. You can buy a chicken coop for uh, uh, people in Colombia. I mean, you can do those kind of things. You can uh, buy a clean water well in a part of the world that doesn't have that. And so I would advise you to go to Samaritan's Purse. Look around all over for that. Um, underneath that is Living Water International. Uh, I don't know whether you know this or not, but one of the major catastrophes worldwide is the lack of clean water. 2.2 million people die every year because they don't have enough clean water. And estimates by the Global Fund and other places say that we could have clean water for every human being on the planet for a total of $30 billion. Now, that's a lot of money. But how much do Americans spend on Christmas? $100 billion more than that, right? $30 billion, clean water everywhere. It's called Living Water International, water.cc. There's a phone number you can call them. World Vision is a child sponsorship. There are other good ones out there, Compassion and some others. Uh, Susan and I and our family, we work through World Vision. We have a, a child uh, that we sponsor in Brazil. Um, the reason we chose him is because of his name. His name is Ellison, which is very close. It's spelled close to Eli. His birthday is four days before Eli's. They're four days apart total. We saw him on their website, so we sponsor him. We get pictures from him. We get letters from him. We send things to him. We send Christmas cards. World Vision sends us a Christmas card, tells us to sign it, and they mail it for us. And so there are lots of things like that. I advise you for that. Pioneer Missions, you may have never heard of. Pioneer Missions is the organization we go through to go to Brazil. Um, It's located actually in Memphis, but it is through Union University in Jackson, They now have missions in Tanzania. They have projects in Vietnam. They have projects in Brazil. They have had projects in the Dominican Republic, in Cuba, and in Indonesia. And so you can give directly there uh, for that. And then just for us around here, um, you can give to Brazil or Chile. Uh, We will be taking a trip to Brazil next summer, and you could give a donation even before the end of the year towards that trip next year. Um, They are not going to Chile this year, Uh, Melvin. Actually, we talked about this in first service. Melvin and I had a conversation during the service. Not going to Chile next year. The main reason is uh, Chile right now, more than anything, just needs financial support. The churches that supported the girls' home that we've worked with, many of them were hurt by the earthquake. And because of that, they're having to take care of their own things. And so the girls' home is struggling financially. And so you can give through our church to Chile. You can give through our church. If you're thinking about going to Brazil, you can start that fund even now here's the thing most people would say the smart thing to do as a pastor is to tell you just give all your money to the church and we can figure out the good place to spend it but i don't think that's what god's word intends for us to do i think god intends for you to be personally involved in giving it has never been easier to give and impact the nations for christ than it is today Never. A hundred years ago, thinking about giving an animal to a country or a tribe in Africa was unthinkable. Twenty years ago, the thought of getting online and making a payment so that Samaritan's Purse can dig a water well in Tanzania was unfathomable. We did a shoebox this year. We didn't push shoeboxes here this year because we've got lots of stuff that we've asked you to do. The shoebox we can now track online to see where it ends up in giving to children. Just think about the world we live in. And I believe God holds us accountable for the world we live in. It's never been easier to give to impact the nations for the glory of Jesus Christ. He holds us accountable for giving to impact the nations for the glory of Jesus Christ. This morning... Bob West and I were talking about his Teenagers Sunday School class. Um, the Teenagers Sunday School class is probably has the highest average age in our church for a Sunday School class. If you average their age together, their ages are high. There are 90-year-olds in that class. There are people in their mid-80s. There are even some young people in their early 80s in that class. And every month, they... Pick a project to give money to. They said, we may not be able to do a lot, but we want to give. I just want you, he gave me a list of what they've given to this year. And remembering Acts 1-8, you remember Acts 1-8, right? I want you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Listen to where they've given. So Jerusalem, let's just say our church. They've given to Upward in the last year. They've given to the new Sunday school rooms in the last year. And they've given to the VBS project last year well though, what about uh our city well they've given to um or this this region really they've given to the help center they've given to room at the end when you think about our state they've given to the uh, tennessee baptist disaster relief fund they've given to the tennessee baptist children's home when you think about the nation they've given to club 180 for lynch kentucky they've given the annie armstrong offering and then when you think about worldwide they've given Lottie moon They've given to Chile, and they've given to Brazil. I think that is responsible, meaningful giving. Now, here's the thing. This Christmas, you're going to give gifts. And I'm not telling you not to go buy fun stuff. have a great time. I'll enjoy the season. But let me just ask you that in the midst of that, you would stop and think about some meaningful ways you can give. In your own family, to your church, nationally, statewide, and then globally as well. How is God calling you to give?